Unleashing the rising billions. Disrupting tradition. Always be closing. Gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. And there is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumby and Alan Witch. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold, and I'm here with Alan Witch. My brother from another mother, what is happening, my friend? Hey, my brother. It is fun doing this podcast with you. We are having a blast today. We are on a roll since early this morning. I like this new format of multiple shows in one day. New for us, but it's great because they build from one to the other and a lot of synergy, too. I think you'll oh, agree that we've had a lot of synergy and continuity today. And uh, it's leading up to to our, our great guest we have on now. So I'm ex- I'm really excited. Yeah, well, we caught up with him in London, I think he is, or he'll tell us or correct us, but he's somewhere over across the pond, and we caught him, um, and this is, I love these shows, because we did this show before where it was live, and someone was doing something in the background, and in this case, uh, and Alan will introduce him, he always does a great pleasure, but in this case, he's having some Irish stew, and I'm really excited about that, because um, it looks delicious, but before we get into the deliciousness of this guy, <laughs> uh, we will tell uh, Alan. Alan, why don't we uh, why don't we bring him on and have some fun with this uh, this episode? Absolutely. You know, Chris, we've been talking with a, a real continuity piece today. In our guests is uh, adversity, and adversity seems to bring it either brings out the best or it it will shave away the worst because adversity. There's only one place to go, and that's up, right? And if you use that as a, as a lifelong experience, then you're going to excel at a lot of things that you do. And that adversity seems to be a real theme. Well, today's guest comes from adversity and comes from a life of adversity. But what he's been able to create and to give back has been as, as dramatic and as fulfilling as the adversity was challenging and detrimental. And I think it creates... It really illustrates somebody's character when you're able to come from an environment that is uh, as as dangerous and as, uh, in some cases, people feel that there's no way out. And to see what he's created, but not just what he's created, it's what he gives. And I think that's a big piece. You know, when when you scale a business and you scale a life, you aggregate things, you create things. And today's guest has done all those, but he's done just as much giving back. And now he's in a position from coming from being homeless to giving away homes in, in on, on multiple continents across the globe. 
and working with entrepreneurs, working with new business owners, working with people of all races, ages, styles, uh, systems, positions in their life to help them scale from where they're at to where they want to go and allowing them to partake in a philanthropic endeavor that reaches people not only on their continent but our continents and it really is a very unique thing that's happening across the globe right now with what our guest is doing and I, there's not enough time to really explain everything so we're not going to do that but we are going to talk about uh, the, uh, the founder of Freedom X and uh, the founder of the Rich List and the gentleman that gives away homes to people that really need them. And I, I'm honored. I'm honored to know him. I'm honored to be working with him. Chris, I know the same thing. So without further ado, Marco Robinson, thank you so much for being a guest today on Think Bold, Be Bold. Well, that's a pleasure. I think that's the longest introduction I've ever had in my life. <laughs> We have to build up the suspense. That's we have right. To build up the suspense, and plus, nearly, you got to enjoy. You got birthday came around. Yeah, yeah, right? but you got to enjoy your stew. Well, that's what we were doing. We were buying you some time <laughs> to enjoy stew. that Irish stew that he has. All right. Obviously. Well, welcome, Marco Robinson. And you said something, uh, Alan, and I want to give uh, a little HP thing sauce. here. <laughs> there you go. Adversity, you know, and adversity, you know, what I always like to think about when I'm faced with it as well, and I know, you know, Marco will dive into some of, uh, you know, where he's come from, what he's doing now, and, you know, where things are going in the future. But I always believe that, you know, through adversity, there's something of greater or equal value to what you're going through on the other side. And, you know, that just reminds me to keep going. Because what are you going to do, yeah. right? Right. You're going to give up or you're going to keep going. And, you know, right. and I think when you when you have the attitude that um, I'm going to keep going here, uh, some great things happen. And this guy kept going. So, Marco, welcome to the show. I uh, finally get a pleasure, even though I've known you for a while and we've been working on some cool things uh, to actually interview you. Uh, so this is different for us right now. Uh, mm -hmm. A first. Here we go. We created another first. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I want the audience to know, uh, Marco, you know, who you are. Um, and, and once they know who you are, they'll know why you're doing what you do, but most importantly, right. what you've created as this uh, vision that you see based on where the world's going economically uh, as well, which is enormous, and it's, it's huge. And, and uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's bring him back a little bit to, you know, who yeah. Marco Robinson, Sir Marco Robinson at that, by the there way. There you go. Sir Marco. So here we are. So where do I start? Yeah, right. Where do you start? At the beginning. Wherever you want. You know, so, this is this is a show. Is this an interview? You've got to ask me questions, guys, and I'll answer your questions. <laughs> that is true. Uh, it is an interview. So, Marco, you know, when you uh, when you grew up, um, you know, adversity, share uh, the adversity growing up, and then we'll walk people through. I, I like this. Yep. Okay. Uh, to where things are. Uh, you know, tell them a little bit about uh, your background. So, literally, there was no money to eat. So, she left that environment. Now, the only person that she could think of going to was a mum. So she went to a mum with me. I was two years old. It was a winter's night. It was minus five and it was snowing. It was north of England, which is pretty cold weather. And my, sorry, my mum went to, to stay with her mum, but didn't want to see her stepfather because her stepfather had sexually abused her earlier. So when she was 12 years old, my step, sorry, her stepfather told my mum I didn't marry your mum to get to your mum. I married your mum to actually get to you. Oh. So if you can imagine you're 12 years old, you're oh. a girl. 
how terrified you, mm. you are at hearing that from your stepfather. And this guy used to ask my grandma to have a bath with her dead, you know, God, God knows what. It's just, it's just disgusting stuff, you know. So anyway, she was 23 when she went back to that environment. And she asked to stay there. And it was very, you know, brave of her to do that. It took a lot of courage. Um, and uh, the stepfather said, well, it's either me or her to my grandma. And my grandma said, well, he can't stay here. So literally, we had to stay in the park. It was mm. minus five. We stayed for two nights. Mm. And eventually, someone took us in. But for about eight years, we were on and off homeless because she wasn't skilled. She didn't go to university. She didn't have a degree or education. So she had to move around the country a lot to look for work. And I went to about, I think, 35 different schools before I was even 11 years old. When I was oh. 10, she remarried a guy that seemed to be really happy, really a good guy, but he turned out to be bipolar. Now, we only know that, that, that term bipolar in recent times, but basically it means you kind of have a split personality. So mm. on the outside, he was really happy, but inside the house, he was very abusive and violent. So I, I watched my mum being thrown down the stairs a couple of times, mm. you know, saw her being hit, walked in the middle of arguments on a regular basis. And my life was running upstairs, going into my bed, crying my eyes out, and basically living in my imagination. The only thing I had as a kid that could actually take me away from that was Lego. And I had Lego. I used to use it to build stuff and just get out of the way. And I used to run away from home all the time. It never went to school. And this went on for years and years. Until at 16, she left him. And I actually had to stay with him because I had no money. But I had five jobs and I had to pay the rent to stay there. <laughs> it was an absolute nightmare. But eventually I got wow. out of there and uh, got into another job in, in direct sales. And indirect sales, I was the worst salesperson because I was extremely shy. I didn't know how to communicate very well. Um, and I was going to be fired. And I had to walk to the office five miles there and five miles back every day because I had no friends. So I, I, was, I sold nothing in four weeks. And then the boss said, if you don't sell tomorrow, you're going to be fired. So the top salesperson took me to one side and said, listen, Marco, I was like you. And I believe in you and I think you've got something special and I want to give you something, a gift. You might not be able to get a sale tomorrow, but I think you can. But I want you to read this book that I read that changed my life. Now, I, th at that time, I had absolutely nothing to lose. I had no food, no money. So I thought, what the hell? And this is the first book I'd ever read. So I read mm -hmm. that book eight times in one night. I didn't go to sleep. But when I woke up, well, I was already awake. When <laughs> I read that book for the eighth time... I was bouncing off the ceiling with so much belief in myself. And it was like electricity was running through me. Hmm. I just couldn't wait to get to work. So I actually ran to the office in a suit, five miles. And then I was so sweaty, they sent me back home to get changed. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I'm like, oh, my God, okay. But they gave me a lift because this, this kind of light saw a difference in me. So anyway, I got back to work. And my first cup, and I was selling timeshare. And I was selling timesheet in Manchester to, uh, and the country was actually in Spain, so they couldn't see it. But the worst thing was for me at that time, the challenge was that my customers were blind. It wasn't just one blind, they were both blind. So I'm thinking, how the hell am I going to show people a holiday when they're blind? Mm -hmm. But I was in such a position of nothing to lose that my, my attitude was, fuck this, I'm going to make this happen. So said to them, right, you're going to sit there for five hours. I'm going to sell you timeshare in five hours. 
you're going to get your credit card out, you're going to spend £10,000, and you're going to love it. And they sat there silent, and they said, no, we're not, we're going to go in a minute, we're leaving, we don't like it. And I basically argued with them for five hours, and six hours later, they got the credit card out, and they gave me £10,000. <laughs> and they said, we'd love to buy this, Marco, we really, we really want to buy it. And I, like, fell off the chair because I didn't, what the hell happened to me, because that's the first success I ever had in my life. Wow. So wow. I'm like, I'm asking these blind people, why the hell did you buy from me? And that's the worst thing a salesperson can ask anyone. <laughs> a salesperson, right? And they said, you mean, we're like your first sale? And I said, yes, you're the first sale. And they, were, they laughed so hard, they couldn't believe it. After about 10 minutes, they said to me, the reason we bought for you, Mark, was because we just felt the belief in what you were doing was so incredibly strong. We just, you just transferred your belief to us and we bought it. We love it. We want to, we, we can't wait to go on holiday. So that was my first success after 20, 20 years of basically abuse and, you know, nightmare of a life. And it was my first commission check. And it was the biggest lesson in my life because it taught me the power of belief. belief. And the power of belief is literally everything in your life. And it's dead simple. People make life so complicated. What's, what's the secret to success? No secret, it's belief. Mm -hmm. Because once you've got that belief, that will carry you anywhere to do anything you want to do. And you don't even have to top it up. Because once you've got it, it stays with you. Mm -hmm. And, that and then was you start pivotal... hanging around with different people that have got the same belief as right. you. And things magnify. Right. That's what happened. And then I became the best salesperson in the company, salesperson of the year. I was the youngest sales manager at 23 years old. I was the other sales manager at 50 years old. So I, I started experiencing a lot of jealousy then. And then the mm -hmm. company got taken over by an American group. And I was offered jobs in 10 countries. And one of those countries was called Malaysia in 1997. And I thought, oh, no, this is the third world. But the people invited me over there first class. And it's, it's amazing. Come over. They offered me a lot of money. And I said, OK, I'll do it. And it was a public company. And they, they wanted to take... They wanted me to take the public company into, you know, making money because it was losing money at the time. Now, when I got there three months later, they couldn't pay me because the Asian economic crisis came. So I'm like, I've got a six-month-old baby, married, can't pay me. What the hell am I going to do? So that was another crossroads. But I had so much belief in myself that it didn't matter. So, it, you know, bugger this, I'm going to do it. So I redesigned the products, I innovated the products. And I took it from 1 million to 1 billion in three years. Wow. Hmm. Now, I did that at a huge sacrifice in terms of I, was, I mm -hmm. was a workaholic. I used to work 18 hours a day, pretty much seven days a week, which wasn't good for my marriage. It wasn't good for relationships. It wasn't good for my children and my family. And at 29, I was rushed into hospital with my heart attack. I had a heart attack at 29. And the doctor said, you've got to slow down. It's because of stress. And... Um, if you don't slow down, you're going to die before you're 30. So I'm like, oh, my God, okay. So literally, I had to change everything about what I did. And the first thing I did was resign from that job. Now, the second thing that happened about a month later is I found out my wife was having an affair with my best friend. Oh. Now, my wow. best friend had known 10 years, Ouch. and my wife had known 10 years. And I can tell you from a human perspective, the pain from the best friend affair with my wife was a hundred million times more painful than the heart attack. Wow. Yeah. I <laughs> could imagine.
So going through that was horrible. And I, she begged me to go back in the end. And I went back after a year. And then she did it again a second time a year later. <laughs> and after that, I was kind of emotionally divorced. But I, re- I went back again because of the kids. I stayed because of the kids. Because I wanted my kids to have a dad because I, I didn't have a dad. Right. And to cut, a, to cut a long story short, I was there for them. And I still am. And I love my children so much. And, you know, they wondered why I left. And when they were adults, I told them the truth. And, you know, but the, the, she's a fantastic mother. I've got nothing against her. We're friends now. I said, yeah. but at that time, I had to go because I didn't feel she was supporting me emotionally or any other kind mm-hmm. of way. Now, I got divorced in 2000, as it's 2008 when I was 40. It was the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm not, I am not against marriage. I'm not against relationships. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm for being with the right person that is our sure. team. You've got lots in sure. common. You support each other. So when, when one of you is doing bad or both of you are doing bad, you, get, you, you, rock, you rock the hell up and you get out there and you face the world together. That's, right. that's who I you know, admire. And I right. see a few people like that, but not many. I don't see many couples like that these days. Mm-hmm. So when I got divorced, I had no money. And I was starting to write my first book um, about my sales experience because I'd actually done a billion dollars in sales, but ironically, I had no money. So I thought, how the hell am I going to make it? I said, I'm fed up of having no money. I'm fed up of struggling. I want to make a million dollars this year. So I created a new product. It was a vacation reward incentive program for companies. And I made $12 million in 2009, the year after I got divorced. And that was probably the best redemption I had from leaving my wife because I had $12 million when, it, when a year later, but when I left her, I had zero. So there you go. So, so after and, that, and, I, and, and speaking of that book, I, you know, I've got a copy, Close the Deal and Suddenly Grow Rich, um, which is an amazing book. Absolutely. Highly recommend it. We'll come back to this in a second, but I wanted to make a point uh, that it's a best-selling book as well, and uh, it's, a, it's a great one. But we're going we're gonna to roll back on that one in a second. I, I want to ask. I want to ask one question because I think I know the answer to it. But, but I, I'm going to show Marco, and I want him to to tell us whether or not this is true. I think I know the book that you were talking about. I think okay. this is the book. Is that the book well, nice, that you that's, read? That's the, that's the first edition, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, mate. Mm-hmm. But actually, that wasn't the book. It wasn't the book. That wasn't the book. Mm. That book I read later. The book I read when I was 21 was called How to Bring Out the Magic in Your Mind by uh, Al Koran. Hmm. It was written in 1957. He was a magician, a very famous magician in the 50s. And it was just it was just the right book at the right time. It was all about belief. It was the right message that I needed to believe in myself. And the person that gave it to me, I'll be forever grateful to them because it literally Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And that was a pivotal point, and let's touch on yeah, uh, that belief, and then we're going to get into rolling uh, ahead because it's exciting things we want to share. Uh, but I want to make right mention now. right now that uh, this show will be featured on C-Suite Radio, and of course, uh, we're on Megaphone, Podomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud, so you can find us uh, throughout there, and this show will be uh, obviously out there uh, very soon for you uh, to share as well. But belief, that was a big, big, big pivotal moment. Um, do you remember now looking back on where you didn't really you you saw where you weren't believing in yourself like you actually saw that change um can you can you can you pinpoint back um that moment when i I saw the shift in one day the shift happened because i was desperate i had had no food i had no money so 
know, Tony Robbins says that the, the two points that make you take action are desperation and inspiration. I mm. learned that later, but I, I learned retrospectively that I was in a very desperate place. But the place I was, even though I was desperate, I didn't want to go back to my hometown. So I got a line I wouldn't go beyond. And my, my question was, when I first started that sales job, is why am I so bad at sales? So what's the answer going to be? <laughs> we, we, the answer is going to be because you, have, you, because you don't believe in yourself, but I wasn't right. listening. So when I was going to be fired, my question changed to, how can I succeed? Hmm. And I, used to, I shouted it literally every minute for one day when they told me I was going to get fired. And I kept saying that question. And the answer to that question came because the top salesperson gave me that book. Amazing. So I believe if I'd not asked hmm. that question internally, I would have not got the answer to that question. I love that. I love that. Questions are so important, and it seems mm -hmm. like there's a theme to that. Let's roll into the book because um, you know you share some uh, groundbreaking uh, ideas in here. In my mind, you know, for people that um, you know, just so you know, I come from a background of sales as well, and you know, even I read and realized um, that there's uh, such an importance to continuing to level up your skill. And to Marco's point, uh, circling yourself with amazing people, and you know, the the leverage that you can get from that is just you know, it's uncanny, but also the vibration and the tribe and the things that happen after that are just incredible and the momentum. So Marco, you know, through all that and you wrote a great book and, and um, I want to talk about the house that you gave away and you gave away actually yeah. three houses mm -hmm. in the UK. Um, how did that come about and, and, and like, why you and, and like, and, and why'd you do that? It's a very good question, isn't it? Well, I was homeless, so that was partly to do with it, but also... The real reason is because I was willing to take risks when other people weren't. So when, my, when I wrote my second book, which is called The Financial Freedom Guarantee, when I wrote that second book, I thought, how can I make that a bestseller? And how can I make the best promotional tool for it? So I thought, I thought, okay, why don't I give away a house and do a competition? So anyone who buys the book wins a raffle ticket to win the house. Hmm. And that got into major news channels because I was willing to take that risk and I, I gave the house away to the person who bought the book and had a big event and it was amazing. And Channel 4 TV, which is the biggest documentary pro well, TV station, it's actually government owned. It's the biggest TV station in the UK. Most people watch Channel 4 more than any other channel, apart from Netflix, but that's not going to that. So Channel 4 approached me after that promo and said, listen, would you like to give a house away live on TV to address the social housing issue in the UK because people in the UK cannot afford the deposit to buy a house and they cannot afford the rent to keep going and eat at the same time because inflation on rent's gone crazy. Well, this is not just a UK issue, it's a worldwide issue. Mm -hmm. There are nearly 3 billion people that are socially excluded, don't even have a bank account, don't have access to clean water or food, and certainly don't have a house and 10 million children starve every year. So when they asked me, and by the way, they asked a lot of other people before me, they, they asked billionaires to give away a house and TV, and they said they're not interested in doing that, which I was stunned. I was stunned by the lack of philanthropy mm. and the lack of humanity, I guess. And I said, I would love to do it, so I did it. And I, I recorded the TV show, it was a huge success. I gave three houses away on that TV show to 
some amazing people. I mean, I'll give you one example. There was a, Syri a, fa a family from Syria who paid 20,000 US dollars to human traffickers to get out of Syria 10 years ago. And they were in a ship container for 24 hours and ended up in London. And it was a, wow. a father wow. and two children. And they were like 10 years old at the time. They couldn't bring the mum because they couldn't afford to bring the mum with them. And they ended up in London on 30 pounds a week for 10 years claiming asylum and they still haven't got their asylum yet. And when I met them, they'd lost their house, they'd lost their asylum claim and they were living under a bridge and spending the day in a library, studying their master's degrees in accountancy. Wow. Wow. That they were the most well-dressed, clean and humane people and dignified people I've ever met. They, wow. Those are wow. those are one of the families I give the house to and I pay all their bills, by the way. Pay for their food, pay all their bills and I pay for their legal, legal aid to get their asylum and I, I bought them a house as well. So that makes me feel as a human, the highest level you can go as a human is to give something that you didn't have as a child yeah. and save lives, but also give life. Amazing. And if you have the power to do that and you're not doing it, you should be ashamed of yourself. Amazing. You're also, uh, from a philanthropy side, you know, and, and, and I love that you lead with philanthropy um, yes. in your business. Um, opposed to, you know, it's sort of tailing as a charity, let's say, on right. the end. It's actually uh, the driver. The fuel but the beauty, th yeah, it's a fuel, but the beauty as well, an amazing part of it is that you've also leveraged another side of, you know, the world, which is the entrepreneurial space and creating a, an area, an arena to help people get uh, awarded. Mm -hmm like you have yeah. been, and we'll talk about some mm -hmm. of those things that have happened in your businesses because I, I think it's, a, it's an amazing marketplace for one that you've created and, um, and, and leveraging a new economy, but also uh, with this business um, that you're now uh, creating and, re and, and funding award-winning entrepreneurs is such a cool concept, and I know you've partnered with some really cool people on this. So let's touch on the new rich list a little bit here because I think it makes a nice segue to not only what you've done for, from a philanthropic side, but also a beautiful way to help with entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and because they are the backbone of each economy. And why not start there in uh, developing countries and some of the things that uh, obviously you're, uh, you're a part of. So um, let's talk about the new rich list. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, what you've, what you've touched on there, Chris, is absolutely true. What people don't understand, don't really appreciate, is that every business, every product, every service was started by an entrepreneur. Yet, right. they're the most undervalued people in, in the economy and in society. People value companies more than entrepreneurs, but actually every company is an entrepreneur or a person. <laughs> you know, Steve Jobs created Apple, the first trillion dollar company, which was a person. Everyone's, every company is a person, and that's right. it. So you have to, you have to fan the flame of entrepreneurship. You have to encourage it. You have to fund it. But it's so difficult to get funded. Why? Why is it so difficult? Why do people find it difficult to get funding? But most importantly, why do 90% of businesses fail? Well, actually, if you, if, you, if you kind of dress it down and take it apart, it's really easy to answer those questions. Number one, most people fail in business not because of funding, but because they don't know how to run a business. They only sure. know how to be an employee right. because they've been trained and conditioned in school by the parents, by the teachers to be an employee and pay tax. Yeah. And this is the government's fault and this is the bank's fault because they want to enslave the population to pay tax and need mm -hmm. banks and be yeah. enslaved. It's called indentured servitude. 
and that creates basically a, a worldwide network of slaves. And the the greatest slave in that, yeah, the greatest slave in the world is a, out of that. yeah. Sorry, go on. I, I was going to say the greatest slave in the world is a slave that doesn't know he's a slave, right? Doesn't know he's a slave. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the, the you know the, the people say that drugs are the greatest addiction in the, in the world, but actually a salary is the most powerful drug ever created. Yep. It's that false sense rely, of hope and security. Yeah, people have to rely on a salary every 30 days to pay the bills. If they don't, they mm -hmm. die inside. So people mm -hmm. are conditioned to think with survival mentality rather than thriving mentality. And there's, there's no exceptions because 99% of people, when they retire, end up financially broke. Wow. And people have to work longer because they can't retire now. And the, you know, the fee at the cash debt system, the debt around the world is so much, it can never be repaid, ever. And all that's happening now is it's the governments and banks are printing more money to lend to you, pay yeah. more interest back to give to them to pay more tax. Which compounds the, the, the problem. Which is just compounding the yeah. effect. Yeah. So the only way out of that is entrepreneurship, is, is, is innovation, and a new financial system, which really is cryptocurrency and blockchain, which is a different subject, but it's still part of the equation when it comes to the, the near future of what has to happen financially. Now, right. coming back to entrepreneurs, the first person I connected with in the United States that has become my brother and become one of my best friends is a man called Christopher Convey. <laughs> now, I met Christopher through a mutual friend. I was an advisor on a, I'm not going to mention any names, on a, on a company. I met Chris at Jeffrey Hazlett's Hero Summit in San Francisco, I think it was July this year. And we connected a few times on the phone before that, but we basically connected because we had something, we had like a kindred spiritness about us. And me and Chris decided on that event, we would love to work together and change the world. And I was looking for someone in the States to work with that was based there that could actually help me and help what I'm doing that would also benefit them. And Jeffrey Hazlett was definitely a pivotal guy, and Chris was the, the archetypal business partner that would drive what I, what I, what I was thinking, but it was, was also their dream as well. And it's very important that when you're doing something together, you've got to share that dream. You've got to share mm -hmm. that what you want has got to be the same thing, right? Sure. So then we got hold of uh, then we got Kevin Harrington, who, as we all know, was the original shark from Shark Tank. He invented the infomercial, and he was very excited to work with me. In fact, they actually... Kevin approached me and Chris because he'd seen the TV show and he wanted to do something philanthropic. It's a long word, that, isn't it? He wanted to do something, but he, want, he wanted to kind of see how I did it and he could do the similar thing. So me and Kevin partnered and, you know, me, Kevin, Chris and Alan are part of the New Rich List and there's a few other great people involved as well. And we are going to fund you as entrepreneurs and we've got a competition in the next year we're going to give you $100,000 worth of funding, and we're going to give you a free house and pay off the mortgage. How does that sound? Amazing. Boom. Amazing. And I would imagine mm -hmm. the audience right now, you know, again, listening in, if you're an entrepreneur, um, you know, there's a purpose to obviously the show and, and to, uh, again, bring light. Uh, Marco's coming over, uh, uh, you know, to this country. He's going to be um, sharing uh, ways that you can increase uh, your revenue in your company. And, and we're really excited about this because of the partners. But it really, uh, it's funny because it was that, um, it's, it's funny how the universe conspires 
you know, with with you, and the people, places, events, and circumstances just start to you know show up. and And it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect either. I don't want to let anybody in false belief that you know when these things happen, it's just it's just going to fall, you know. Uh, all things, you know, just kind of fall into place. They will, but you have to figure out together how that'll look and, you know, what resources you can pull in and who you can connect with. And that's the beauty is the connections. It's amazing the connections that you can leverage um, when, um, you know, you're in a position. And Marco, you've had this dream for a while. I mean, you, uh, let's talk about cryptocurrency and blockchain and and really Bitcoin in this world. Bring it in. It's, I think this is a really important and pivotal point. And, and what I didn't know was the things that you were able to teach me. And that's what I loved is I loved listening to, hey, where's the world going? Where's the world going? And how can you play a part in that? Right. Because we're at the pivotal point of big change, big change. Yeah. And I know that you've been on the other side of the world that has already adopted this. So the beauty about you coming here and teaching, I uh, you know, in the rich list on podcasts, getting on TV shows, and doing what you do on stages. Um, let's talk about Bitcoin and that whole world and the economy because I know there's a lot of our listeners that uh, might not know what it all means yet here. Um, but you do. But a they know thing. they need to know. Right. Yes, they do Something know they you need, need to know. know. Yeah. And yeah. well, I, what I can tell you is in Europe and Asia, cryptocurrency and blockchain is massive. And but it is still very new. It's not even really the, the, the it's not even really the launch of the first day in crypto blockchain. Blockchain, very simply, is a ledger, a one way ledger that cannot be reversed. So you can't corrupt it. You can't change it. But once you make a transaction, that's a permanent transaction. And it's like the chain of a bicycle. Everything has to fit together. If someone tries to make it corrupt, put a false um, or reverse it, or try to alter the accountings of your account to your company, it won't work. It means it's corrupt. Blockchain is decentralized, meaning no one person can control it. No system administrator can fix your password. It is decentralized. So think of the applications for that. And the applications are not just financial, but the applications are anything that requires transparency. So blockchain is about transparency, security, and speed. So there's no middleman, it's peer to peer. Bitcoin was the first use case of blockchain technology, which Satoshi Nakamoto, who nobody knows who that is, by the way, I'll come to that in a moment, invented in 2008. It was a 15 page white paper and Bitcoin started at 0.001 cent in 2008, and it has had a return of 879,000 times in 10 years. It's the most successful investment of all time. And I don't care who says otherwise, that's a fact. And in fact, cryptocurrency, altcoins, blockchain have had the best return on any investment in the last 10 years in the entire history of the world. What is shocking is the number of Americans that don't understand it, the adoption rate in America is very slow with it. Um, and it's probably because the bankers don't really like it there because right. it's a threat to the banking system. Well, they have no if leverage. You can imagine that you are a bank and suddenly someone says, well, we don't need you anymore because we can do transactions without paying you 25% fee. Right. The banks are going to be scared. Sure. Yep. Now, Bitcoin is the safest investment and the safest currency in the world. You want to know why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no founder. There's no office. 
there's no company and there's no assets. Amazing. Please. Now, anything that doesn't have a founder or that can be identified in terms of security is the safest investment. And also the technology is very clever because it's distributed, which means that all the technology is distributed and everyone's computer all over the world. You can't shut it down. If you want to shut it down, you have to cut down the whole internet. You have to shut off the whole internet and that's not going to happen. So that's the power of Bitcoin. And it literally is the most revolutionary financial products in the last thousand years. That's how powerful it is. So wow. blockchain is the truth serum. Blockchain is the truth serum. Bitcoin is the red pill. <laughs> and I refer I to the it. red pill from the film, The Matrix Trilogy, which actually, although it was a film, it actually became true. It was actually based on truths and lies of governments and banks and the way society is run. Do you want to take the red pill and find out how deep the rabbit hole is? Or do you want to take the blue pill and keep, keep in this where you are now, but you're not, you don't know what's mm -hmm. going on, but you don't feel the pain until it's too late? Right. So Bitcoin right. is an amazing product. Um, anyone can buy it, and it's changed the fortunes of third world countries because now third world countries have a chance to be uh, financially included. Um, You've got a new book coming out. You've got mm -hmm. a new book coming out. I've got a new book explaining this. It's called Talking about on that. The second, it's called On the Second Day God Created Bitcoin and Blockchain, The <laughs> Beginner's Guide to the Unstoppable Revolution. I love I'm it. I like it. Exclusively on your show. <laughs> Okay, I'm listen. Away yep. Exclusively on your show, the first three chapters for free to your listeners. Sweet. You go to the website. You go to the website, godcreatedbitcoin.com. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. And there you go, folks. Uh, check that out. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great way to understand because you've heard Marco's story of where he came from. He didn't go to school. So he had to self-learn and apply and, you know, he had to... The pivotal moment in his life was belief in himself, and with that belief, he's created this momentum, and you've got certainly some momentum happening here uh, in the United States with the rich list, and you've got um, some things uh, we won't talk about yet, but uh, certainly get you back on the show uh, to talk about the TV stuff that's happening around you and uh, some really cool things that um, obviously you're doing in the homeless uh, with uh, with Freedom X and the partners that you're bringing in. Uh, let's touch on Freedom X for a moment just so that people can be primed a little bit about what's happening in 2019, which is okay, really so exciting. When I did that TV show and gave those houses away, my thinking was, well, how can I make a bigger difference? Because three houses is nothing when you think about mm -hmm. three billion people. Sure. So knowing how blockchain works and knowing how charity works, I discovered that charity is the most abused industry in the world because you don't know where the money's going. And over 95% of the money is lost in an organization where the CEOs are, dry, are flying private jets, which basically loses the whole point of charity. So I thought, well, how can I disrupt charity? And well, easy, blockchain. So I developed an application in technology where you can send money or cryptocurrency to someone who's homeless, who needs it directly. You can speak to them on the phone. You can send them money through your phone. And you can actually fund them to start a new business where we actually, me and Kevin Harrington and Chris, train them to, to learn a new business, certify them, even like a coffee shop on a bicycle for 500 bucks. And as the investor, it's based on conditional altruism. That means I help you if you help someone else. They sign a contract that they have to help someone else when they become successful. As, a, as an investor, you take part of their profits in their business, so it's a two-way charity. 
completely wow. transparent on blockchain technology cannot be corrupted unbelievable massive disruption will change the whole world and that's coming out in 2019 chris and alan are a big part of it we all love it we can't explain the whole of it to give you the picture but when it comes out it's going to just blow you away absolutely it's an, it's an amazing and tool very excited about that mm -hmm. and lots of things to look forward to and you know this show is not going to cover it all but we wanted to get some time with Marco because you're, you know, you're flying all over the place. You've been on stages. You're going to be back here in the United States very soon. You've got events that are happening. In fact, we're hosting a, an event down in Santa Rosa Beach for those uh, listening in that might be down this area that want to come by on the 26th and 27th of October. So this show will be out before then, obviously. And uh, we want to make sure that uh, anybody has an opportunity to come meet Marco uh, does so. And Marco wanted to uh, really, uh, you know, say thank you for, you know, taking some time out look forward to hanging out again uh, soon in in uh, in the u.s here uh, on a on a bit of a journey we're having all around and, and working with some really cool people uh that you've been able to connect and and certainly i've known and things like that so excited to launch that alan you know uh it's just getting warmed up uh it's exciting to see what's coming uh for uh for the rest of this year of course and it's and just a scratch it's right. just a scratch. It's, it, it's a scratch. exciting. It's exciting. You want to kind of vomit, but when you throw a bunch of stuff on the wall and see what sticks, not much <laughs> sticks, right? So we're not going to vomit today. <laughs> yeah. But we hope that there's been a little piece and tidbits that people start sure. to go, I need to know what's next. For sure. For sure. And, that's what and we will be posting all the links to get a hold of Marco, yep. the stuff that uh, he's given uh, graciously for you to take advantage of. And, um, you know, grab this book, uh, close the deal, and suddenly grow rich. You'll be very uh, impressed. You'll get a good sense of uh, how Marco applies what he knows in, in the world of business. Uh, but also, you know, follow us along and uh, make sure you connect on social media. He's very active there. And uh, we'll make sure all those links are up, uh, you know, on the show notes of this show. Marco, enjoy. Enjoy. Go back to your Irish stew. <laughs> I'll have to put it in the microwave because it's now cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they will uh, take care of you, my friend. But uh, have great travels, and uh, we will see you again soon. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks, Marco. Thanks, guys. All the Appreciate best. It. Take, take care. care. And bye it wouldn't bye. be a sh it wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice yes. for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.